I will not have a, a basement dweller, you know, mm-hmm. it's not going to happen. Like you're not going to sit in my basement and do nothing and have me feed you and do your laundry. Like, no, absolutely not. That will not happen. Yeah. Um, you're not going to mooch off me people. Right. That's not my job. You're listening to the Nacho Kids podcast, where we discuss all things step family related, real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. Welcome to episode 196 of the Nacho Kids Podcast. Sup, y'all. Sup! So, David and I were watching Cash Cab the other night. If you've never watched Cash Cab, it's fun. (laughs) It's a game show inside of a cab. (laughs) Remember that time we were, I, I don't know where we were at. In Georgia. We were in Georgia riding around in a cab, and I'm yelling out the window, I'm in the cash cab. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what he does, folks. That's what he does. So we were watching Cash Cab, and this question came up, and David said an answer, and I, inside my head, I laughed. Because I'm thinking, that sounds really wrong. It was right. Go ahead, David. Tell them what the word was. The Okefenokee Swamp. The Okefenokee Swamp. Yep. Have any of you ever heard of the Okefenokee Swamp? Of course you have. Everybody's heard of the Okefenokee Swamp. I haven't. (laughs) Where is it? It's down in Florida. Is it? Or are you just making that crap up? No. I don't believe you, David Sims. All right, we'll Google it right quick. I don't even know how to spell it. Where is the Okie Fanucky? <laughs> it's in Georgia. Ugh! Okay, it's in Georgia. It's on the way to Florida. The southeastern <laughs> corner of Georgia. O- yeah. Right, Okie right Fanucky. I want to live in Okie Fanucky. <laughs> Just so you can tell people you do? Yeah, they say, where you live? Be like, my address is one, two, three, blah, 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 Okie Fanucky. Well, the the only reason I know that is because when I was a kid, we went to Florida a lot. I think that was the only trip we would ever take. And and everybody in the family had to go because that's the only way we could afford somewhere. Every time we went somewhere, everybody in the family had to go. Including grandparents. <laughs> yeah. Like everybody went. Um, I remember going to the Myrtle Beach and the kids had to sleep in, uh, on the screened in porch <laughs> because there was nowhere to sleep inside the house. Oh, wow. (laughs) So so anyway, I just remember because um, we would go to Florida and we'd always pass that big, you know, big signs, the Okefenokee Swamp. (laughs) And it's just a funny, it's such a funny name that you just don't forget it. Yeah. So, and I do remember stopping at places along the way um, to, you know, pet an alligator or see an alligator. Because, you know, down there, you're right there next to them and all that. So you could eat at a restaurant while they have these alligators walking around outside. Of course, you know, they tell you to stay away from them, but crazy place. Hmm. Yep. Interesting. Good place to take your ex for dinner. David, (laughs) don't be giving people ideas now. (laughs) So, yeah, that was the answer. But, you know, you should know by now that when I say it, it is absolutely Correct. That is not always true. <laughs> you need to blow that smoke up somebody else's butt because I ain't listening. <laughs> I know better. 
<laughs> I'd say 92% of the time. That's not bad. I have a 92% accuracy rating. I'll take that. And in the scale of how they used to grade grades when we were growing up, that's a B. Well, nowadays, that's an A+. Plus. <laughs> it's not an A+. Plus. <laughs> you don't even know. It is, because you got to have 100 to get A++. Plus plus. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is a new math. This is the David math. Plus, you're not considering the curve. You don't know what the curve's going to be. My teacher's never graded on a curve. Oh, well. Well, you were in all the smart classes, I guess. You guess? (laughs) You doubt? I don't know. You and I did not go to the same school. No, we did not. Thank God. Anyway. Before we talk about our guest today, I want to talk a little bit about the Nacho Kids Academy. We had a lady join, and she messaged me and said that she had lost her job and that she was going to have to leave the academy. Then she messaged me back and said, don't cancel her membership. She will use her savings if she has to because that's how important this is to her. Wow. Mm -hmm. Now, that's somebody who... Who wants to put in the work and make an improvement in their life. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, if it's important, people tend to find a way to pay for those things that are a priority to them. I mean, and that's not bashing anybody. That's just the way it is. Yeah. Look, if I find something that's important to me, I'm going to find a way to pay for it. I mean, there are coaches offering less than we do for 10 times the price that we charge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we should do that. No, David. <laughs> no. Come, come on, get less for more. No, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with him, folks. <laughs> and we have a Nacho Kids Nacho Parenting success story. I cannot thank Lori and David enough for what they do. The Nacho Kids Academy truly saved my marriage and my relationships within the blend. Before the Academy, I was at wit's end and ready to throw in the towel. The Academy helped me to nacho properly, which I was not doing, and to understand the blended dynamics better while doing a lot of self-development. Our blend is so much better because of nacho. Fantastic. Fantastic. You know, I was watching a video clip today from Gary Vaynerchuk. And if, if you're He's, he's somebody, the potty mouth, right? Yeah, he's got a potty mouth. Um, so if, you're follow, if you follow like entrepreneur stuff or online business stuff. He's pretty popular. Um, but but his video, and I think he was on some national TV show. I'm not sure. but He's pretty famous, right? Yeah. Okay. I mean. And but not like Joe Rogan famous? <laughs> yeah, probably not. Okay. Um, it's kind of like anything else. He's famous in certain circles. Other people are like, I have no idea who he is. Okay. But that's, I mean, you can come to me with certain sports figures, and I'm like, I don't know who that is. I don't follow baseball. I could care less who this guy is. I could be sitting beside him in a restaurant. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care who he is. Um, but anyway, he's got this video uh, that he put out, and and I'm probably going to butcher it, but he basically said, look, just take your thumb, stick it up in the air, like thumbs up, and then point it towards you. He's like, that's the person that you need to worry about changing. And you should be thrilled to death to know that you are in control of you and you can make the change that you want to see so that you can have the outcome that you want to have. 
And I was like, what? Sounds like stuff from the Academy. It does. <laughs> it definitely does. Yep. See, we teaching what he teaching. Without the bad words. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the first time I listened to him, I'm like, oh, Lord. Don't listen to this around the kiddos. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, the thing about self-development and understanding where you can improve, because it's not necessarily about your part of the problem. Sometimes it is. Sometimes you figure that out. I'm certainly first to admit I was part of our problems. And sometimes it's just self-development and in, in learning how to improve how you look at things and how you let things affect you and all that. And it's not that anything's wrong with you. No. Right. It's just improvement. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's what you do from the day you're born. Otherwise, you'd still be crawling and sucking your thumb. You improved as a human. David, you told me you wouldn't tell people I'd do that. I thought you stopped. but <laughs> <laughs> So it's really it's just something everybody should want to strive to do anyway. Whether it's your blend or whether it's life in general, my opinion is you should always be striving to be better than you were the day before. Mm-hmm. Your relationship's better than the day before. Your responses to things better than the day before. It, it's amazing that when things happen to me today, I can look at it and go, if if this had happened to me five years ago, my responses would have been so much different. Oh, same, brother, same. Um, and it's it's all because of the work that I put in to change and better who I am. But anyway, that's that's the sneak peek into the academy. Sneak peek. I like sneak peeks. Speaking of sneak peek, a couple years ago during COVID, Laura Petherbridge, Heidi Farrell, Heather Hetchler, and Melanie Anthony and I created the Stepmom View. And mm-hmm. it's like 13 hours of us talking about the top ass step family questions. Yeah. And if you go to stepmomview.com, you can get a preview for free. There you go. Well, check that out. Yep. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, I remember when y'all put tons and tons of work into that too. So it's it's a the cool thing about it is it's a question that gets put out there and it's not just you answering, it's all these different opinions from all these people, all these from coaches, different walks of life. Yeah. And they all see different things. And of course, there's some, there's agreements about things. There's, I wouldn't say disagreements about things, maybe in some cases, but there's different ways that people look at things and different answers you're going to get. And I'm always telling people, there is no one way to do this. Look, if there was a one way to do blended families, one person would just write one book and we would all know what to do. It's not the case. We're dealing with humans here (laughs) and we're all unique. In some way, and so is your blend. Mm-hmm. Now, there are certain things that are constants and truths, kind of like, you know, gravity. It's a constant. It's a law. <laughs> There's things within blended families that kind of fit that as well. But you get to listen to this, listen to these videos, and pull out all these different wisdom tips and topics, and then apply those and see which works in your own blend. That's right. All right, David, let's talk about our guest today. Let's do it. Our guest today is an anonymous stepmom from Idaho. She's been blending <laughs> for four years, has stepson nine, bio daughter six, 
ours son, two years old, and ours daughter, six months old. They have all the kids all the time. Hmm. So she's a full-time stepmom, a full-time bio mom, and a full-time bio mom to ours kids. That's a lot of full-time. And- the hardest part of blending for her has been enforcing the same rules and expectations across the board. Hmm. That's a big one, folks. But I want to talk about this for a second. Even nuclear families have this issue sometimes. Mm-hmm. For instance, my mom was the strong arm, the heavy. She was the she was the enforcer. She was everything. And I don't think my dad cared what time we went to bed. But also with us kids, it's not like we could go, well, I'm going to go live with so-and-so if I don't, can't stay up late. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go live with my friend Susie. Yeah. Her parents <laughs> let her stay up till 9.15. I do recall once that I packed my bags and I was going to leave the house. I think I walked about mm, not even a tenth of a mile. And I was like, I ain't got nowhere to go. <laughs> I turned around and went back home. <laughs> yeah. I remember one time my sister ran away and Mama picked her up at the trash dump. Probably... <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there's your sign. She just happened to be walking by the trash dump at the time. She was already dumpster down. It was probably a half a mile or so from our house. And, you know, it wasn't really a trash dump. It was back in the day where they would just have the green dumpsters on the side of the road, you know. <laughs> right. So Mama brought her home, and I said, you were really going to leave us? She said, yeah, the only reason I came back is I forgot a can opener for my ravioli. <laughs> <laughs> It had to be Dawn. It was Dawn. <laughs> yep. I don't think Courtney would threaten to run away. So there you go, folks. If you go to run away, make sure you take a can opener. Yeah, make sure you take a can opener. Definitely. Okay. <laughs> I will say that there is mention of alcohol and drug issues in this in this podcast. And her husband got custody of her stepson when he was 18 months old. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And stepmom and I talk about when one bio parent is inconsistent in visitation and things like that, should they continue to be a part of the kid's life or just go away? How many times is little Johnny going to sit on that front porch crying because mommy didn't come like she said she would? Mm, That's hard to watch. Yes. So we talk about that in this podcast. There's also some entertainment in here about her ex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Not going to tell y'all what it is, but there was one part I was like, oh, Lord, have mercy. But anyway, that's it, David. Let's get to listening. Let's do it. Today, we have an anonymous stepmom from Idaho. Hey, anonymous stepmom from Idaho. How are you? Hello. Doing well. How are you? Doing well. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your blend, how long you've been blending stepkids, bio kids, ours kids. Sure. So my husband and I have been together coming up on four years. I have a stepson who is nine. I have a daughter who is six, almost seven from my first marriage. And then we have two children together. Uh, They are two and six months. Oh, congratulations. Well, thank you. Yes, and we are officially done because I got my tube side. We're done. No more kids. You are done. (laughs) Yes. How often do you have stepson nine and your bio daughter? 
So that is a situation where my husband and I are very unique because we have our older kids all the time. Their other parent is not involved. At all? At all. Wow, that's interesting. Yes, very. And when we met, and we actually did meet on a dating app, when we met, I that was one of the first things that caught my attention because most men do not have full custody. Mm-hmm. Uh, most men do not want full custody. and. Of course, it showed me that he's a great father, but it also showed me that the mom must be pretty screwed up. So yeah. that was, you know, what I thought. And so, yeah, so that that is definitely what made our situation more unique and easier in some ways and harder in others, for sure. Yes. Every variation of the blend creates its own challenges and its own, we'll say, victories. Absolutely. So, Certain situations may cause more stress and it may cause less stress and it can do both. Right. Right. Yep. I totally agree. So did he confirm that bio mom was crazy or whatever you thought when you saw the <laughs> post? So when we first started talking, the, our first date we had coffee and he explained to me that his ex-wife had always had some substance abuse issues. And she was basically, from what he told me, she just sounded like one of those women who, and I don't mean this to be harsh, but she just wasn't really interested in being a mother. She wanted to continue to go out and have fun and do what she wanted to do. And as you very well know, that when you're a parent, that that's you can't do that anymore, not to the extent that you did it when you were single. And so you know, she, once their son was born, she, you know, for a little while she stayed home and was okay. But I I remember him telling me when their son was like three or four months, she was like, okay, I'm ready to go back to work. And she just bartended. And my, my husband was like, no, I make enough money for you. You don't need to work. You need to stay home and take care of our son. And she was like, no, I don't want to. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, she, she just, to me, she just didn't seem very interested in it. And she seemed more interested in doing what she wanted and she did have some alcohol and drug issues and they seemed to only get worse. And so my husband gained full custody when his son was like 18 months, I think. Wow. And so she was only able to visit like in a very limited capacity. You know, I think the court order they had stated like twice a week, but like an hour at a time or something. Mm -hmm. And so when I met him, she was very sporadic. She was very like, she'd visit consistently for like a week or two, and then she would disappear for six months. So that was just kind of how it went. And he, you know, he just told me that, um, fortunately their son was very young when it happened, but at the same time, he still does know that, uh, who she is and that he's, she's mom. So he's definitely working through some issues with that right now. He's in counseling and my husband is trying to help him navigate that because I'm sure it is hard. Uh, especially, I feel like, especially as a boy, I feel like boys tend to have more of a mom attachment, you know, not all, but at least in his case for sure. And so he has definitely struggled with that. And my husband's trying to navigate how to deal with that because we haven't seen or heard from her in two years. That was going to be my next question. Yeah, it's been about two years. When when we first moved in together, my husband let her know. And of course, at that point, she was very interested to meet me and see where we lived and all that. And when she first came, I was pregnant with our son. I think I was probably about six or seven months pregnant. And she was nice enough. I mean, I didn't have a problem with her. 
she would come for like an hour at a time and, you know, they would do little crafts and she'd leave. And so she did that pretty consistently, I'd say probably for like three or four months. And then around after that, she just started being very sporadic, started canceling, not showing up. And basically, uh, you know, my husband and I had talked and, and I told him my opinion. I said, you know, I think you need to tell her she needs to decide if she wants to be in or out because at, uh, my stepson's age, he's getting to that age where he's definitely more aware and it's only in my opinion, hurting him for her in and out, you know? So I, I said, you need to have a conversation with her and just be like, if you want to be here, be here, be consistent. If you don't, then just go away, you know? And so that was what he told her. And, and, and also, I mean, it was very evident to me that she was still abusing drugs in my previous job. I was a social worker for child services. So I've seen a lot of things and I, I was like, I told him she's definitely still doing drugs. So, you know, he had that conversation with her and then that was pretty much the last we heard from her. He still kind of tracks her on social media just to make sure she's still alive. And that was going to be my that. next question. Yep. You're, you're really good at predicting my questions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm like, are you sure she's not dead? She's alive. She moved a couple hours away from where we are and we haven't heard anything from her. So I, I know that my husband feels very conflicted. Sometimes he feels sad about it. And I just explained to him like, yes, I understand why you feel that way, but this is really for the best. I mean, really it is. If someone cannot and will not be a parent that they should be, they just need to get out. You know, that that's how I feel anyway, because I, I think the inconsistency really confuses kids. Right. And it's so hard though, because do you say it's better for them to be completely gone so they can start healing? Right. Or is it better for her to be sporadic and, or him only hear from her every six months and maybe see her once a year? Right. You know, which is better. And I personally agree with you that if you're going to break this child's heart over and over and over again, then just go away, get your crap together and then come back when you're ready. Right. I totally agree. And I I think that's hard to navigate as the other parent trying to like figure out, but at the same time, I mean, it's common sense, you know, like, especially as kids enter those, cause he's nine going to be 10, you know? So Mm -hmm. he's getting older. He knows things he, and, and I just don't think that her influence will be any kind of benefit to him at this point, because, you know, she's, she's a drug user. I mean, she, you know, she doesn't make good choices. She's always been, I mean, one of the things that my husband told me that he had such a problem with when they were still together, when he was little, was she provided no routine or schedule. And even after they separated, when she was visiting before things got worse and he had to actually file for full custody, you know, he would call and be like, how, how's our son doing? And she would be like, Oh, we're at a party. And it'd be like 10 o'clock at night. He's like, he's a year old. What are you doing? You know, it was like, (laughs) it was just that kind of stuff. You know, she's holding my beer. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's like, you have a one-year-old. Why are you out of, it just, unfortunately, she was wanting him to adapt to her instead of the other way around. And I think that that is just a problem. Even as kids get older, 
because even though, yeah, they can stay up later and whatnot, but they still need to be on a schedule, you know, especially my stepson. He absolutely needs it probably more than I would say any of our other kids. He really needs it because when he's off that schedule, it just throws him off very badly. Yeah. Yeah. So what about your ex? (laughs) My ex. Okay. Well, he doesn't have any substance abuse issues. He's just a crazy person, but he, to make a long story short, he just really misrepresented himself to me when we were together and when we met and he was divorced when I met him. And that was, he was my first marriage. And he, I know he, I knew he had two kids from, from his first marriage and they would come visit and I had no problem with them. And I was actually fairly okay with his ex-wife too. She was nice. And, but he shortly after we married and our daughter was born and I can look back now and see it. He just checked out. He was done. I, I, I know now that he just, he's one of those people that like, he's addicted to the beginnings of things like relationships. And once they fall into like that mundane routine existence, he just like gets bored and moves on. And so probably about my daughter was six or seven months when I finally started doing some digging into our bills and certain things. And I discovered he was having an affair and on top of him having an affair, she was like two or three months pregnant. I found out after (sighs) that. So I was out. I mean, there was nothing even before I found out about the pregnancy. I was out. I was just like, this is not what I signed up for. Like I, (sighs) I mean, someone who's going to blatantly cheat like that when you have a little baby at home, like, no, I'm out. I'll do it. I don't need you. And so that was pretty much what happened. I immediately filed for divorce. I had no intention of keeping my daughter from him. But the problem was that this woman that he got into a relationship with, she was a crazy person and she had eight other children. And oh my gosh. I, I was just like, I am not sending my little daughter over there with this woman. Like, and, and as I mentioned before, I worked for child services. I've seen a lot of bad things. You probably saw bad uh, things on her. Oh, I, I did. And that <laughs> is exactly why I told, you know, I hired a, a private investigator. I found out everything I needed to know about her. And we went to mediation and I laid out a binder full of things about why this was not okay, why I was not comfortable, all these things. And, and, you know, I got him reduced to, he was only able to visit at his parents' house and she could not be there. So, you know, when we split, he did visit probably for, I don't know, I think it was probably like, my daughter was probably like 15 or 16 months when he stopped. And he stopped because unfortunately the terms of the visitations that I got were only valid for, I think a, a year or so after that, I couldn't get them permanent. So once the limitations expired, I was still just like, no, like I, he was, it was just a lot of drama. Every time we met up, he didn't have the right car seat in one day. He put her in a forward facing one and she was very petite and little and, She would come home with diaper rashes. And on on top of that, him and I were not communicating because his new wife would not let him talk to me. So I just felt very uncomfortable with all of it. And I didn't like 
I just didn't like the situation. And I pretty much told him, you know what? I'm done with this. I'm done with this drama. If you want to see her, take me back to court. Cause I don't need any of this crap from you. And that's what I did. And that was six years ago. And I have not heard a word from him. The ironic thing though, is we work for the same company now, but it's a very big company and I work remotely. So I don't see him, but I mean, he definitely knows where I am and how to contact me, you know? So well, thank God uh, you don't have ha- to see him. <laughs> no. Yes, thank God. Right. Wouldn't that be horrible if you sat like right across from each other at your desk? Oh, it would be awful. It'd be so terrible. Yeah, you'd have uh, to find another job. Oh, I would. And I love my job. So that would be terrible. But um, luckily, that's not the case. But yeah, so it was just a. I, I would say that my husband and I went through a lot of drama with our exes. And so I, I in different ways, of course, but it was just, <laughs> it was not fun. And I, I, that time of my life was not fun and I did not enjoy any of that. I, the last thing I wanted to do was keep him out, but I kind of felt like he didn't give me a choice, you know? And, and that was, that was how I felt about it. So, yeah. Do you know if he's still with that girl? He is. Yeah. Um, Shocker. I, (laughs) you know, I feel like I equate them to like two roaches right before the world's going to end. Like where else (laughs) are they going to (laughs) go? I know on top of that, They've had three children together. Oh my gosh. So um, now she's got 11. They they have so many kids, Lori. I oh, can't wait. even tell you. I don't even know how they function over there. I don't know how they do anything. It's really, and, and I don't care. I'm just so glad that my daughter is not over there because she would just be shell-shocked. You know, I, I already know that. And not because of anything more than just lifestyle differences. I mean, I can already just tell you that that house is chaos. No one is doing what they're supposed to be doing. Like, and she, of course, if you look on her social media, it looks like perfection because that's how people do things. But I can tell you the reality is very far from that. So she's got 11 kids of her own. And then you add right. his two that he had prior to your marriage. Right. That's Correct. 13. Mm-hmm. And including your daughter's 14. Right. Yep. Trying to repopulate humanity, I guess. I don't know. They're going to be I on a TV what... show, girl. Yeah, they are. I really, yes, I totally agree with that. Totally agree with that. Does your daughter ever ask? Well, wait a minute. How was your daughter? She's... She's almost seven. Okay. Does she ever ask, where's my dad? So it's kind of funny because she know she calls my husband dad, but she knows that he's not her dad. And... When we have, I haven't like just come out and asked her, we haven't really had like that very open conversation yet. I've just kind of answered her questions, Mm -hmm. but when she has asked, she's just like, well, I know, I know that dad's not my dad, but I still love him. It's okay. And I'm like, well, that's good, babe. I, I want you to do what you want, you know? And then she'll tell me it's okay that I don't have a dad, you know? And then she'll name, I have a mom. I have a, I have a Mimi. I have a, you know, she'll name everyone in our family that she's close to. And I'll ask one time I did ask her, I said, so who do you think your dad is? And she'll tell me whoever you're married to. (laughs) So then I I told her, okay, well then how come I'm always your mom and, and your dad always changes, but I'm always your mom. And she's like, well, because I'm came out of you, mom. And I'm like, Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. (laughs) So she's getting to, and I mean, and she has his last name. So she and his last name obviously is different from my husband's and my other children. And yours, right? Well, I actually, 
I still have my maiden name because once I was divorced from my first husband, I just have, I don't know. I don't want to change my name. I, I, at this point I'm, I'm going to change it probably, but I just want to wait because I, I kind of like that. I have a different last name and my daughter has a different last name. And then, you know, my kids and my husband and my stepson have a different last name. So maybe she won't feel so weird about it. You know, I don't know. Maybe that doesn't make sense, but. No, That's it does. Kinda... But when you call the school for your bio kids, well, they're babies mm-hmm. right now still. Right. But when you call daycare, just say they're in daycare. You say, this is Lori Sims, baby Smith's mom. When I call, I just say, you know, this is so-and-so's mom. And they know who I am. And I, I don't know. I feel like I haven't had a lot of flack with having a different last name. And actually, our, our older kids go to a, a Catholic school. So... <laughs> Most people have the same last name, but there are some that don't, you know? Right. So, I mean, I'm not terribly worried about that. I, uh, I actually did try to change it probably about six months ago, maybe a year, but the social security offices were so closed down here. And so I was just like, well, I can't change it yet. So, I mean, I'm going to change it at some point. I know it's important to my husband, but I'm just not in a huge hurry. <laughs> yeah. I don't blame you at all. Yeah. And the reason I asked that is a friend of mine, for those that don't know, my son's father and I split up while I was pregnant. Okay. I didn't know that. And so my friend kept telling me, don't give your baby his last name because you're going to call daycare and be like, this is Lori. Well, actually it Mm -hmm. wasn't Sims then, but this was, this is Lori Wilkins, baby, whatever's mom. And she's like, it drives me crazy. She said, then people will call me because she went through this. She said, then mm-hmm. people will call me and call me my exes. They'll say, Mrs. Whatever. And that's my ex's mm-hmm. name. She's like, it drives right. me insane. And I thought about it. I thought about it a long time. And I said, I'm not the dad. And that's right. where the name comes from. I could have hyphenated his name. Mm-hmm. I could have gave him a completely different last name than anybody. Right. But I just felt like that was wrong. I agree with you. And and I have a lot of those same feelings. Like she's not my sister, you know, like she needs to have, I'm not going to give her my last name. She, that's part of who she is. And as much as I might not like her father, I can't change. And especially in my daughter's case, because uh, her and me and her father are different races. I really, yes, I am, you know, I'm white and my ex-husband is, is Thai. He's Asian. So I mean, she, there's a part of her culturally that I can't help her with. And I don't want to just cut that part out because me and him are not together, you know? So I also, I I feel the same way. I might not like him. I might not respect him, but I respect her and I, that's part of her, you know? So what about his parents and stuff? Are they here or are they? They They're here, but the problem is they don't really speak English. I I did have a fairly close relationship with his sisters, but I mean, I'm sure as you know, once you divorce someone, the lines are drawn Mm -hmm. and I'm hoping maybe one day I can somehow see them or, you know, reach out to them. But I'm also, you know, I'm not terribly worried about that. I mean, I, I just try to pray about it and try to do the right thing for her. And I, I hope that, and at some point, maybe she'll be able to know some parts of her family, even if it's not her dad. So Right. Now, I will say 
that when your daughter said to you, it's okay, I don't have a dad. I've got a mom, I've got a Mimi, I've got whatever. That made my heart sad. Yeah, it did make me sad too. It did. But at the same time, I I tell my husband this all the time. I don't want her being defined by who's absent. I just don't. And I mean, obviously I'm biased. I'm her mother, right? But she is just, she is so smart. She does so well in school. She is mm-hmm. a competitive gymnast. She goes to meets and and she is just incredible. She's on a very, very serious team. They practice six hours a week and she just loves it. And she just thrives, you know, she does so yeah. well. And, and I just see that and, and I just love it. And I don't want her to be defined by I don't have a dad. who I picked as her father right. because I picked him thinking that he was something that he is not, Yeah, you know, and I don't regret it obviously. Cause I got her right. But I don't want her to feel that just because he's not in her life that she's missing out, you know? And, and I don't think she feels that way. I really don't think she does. Because she was so little, she has no memory of him. Right. I mean, there's still pictures and albums that we have here in her room. And she's looked at a picture of him and asked me, who's that? You know? And I'll be like, who do you think that is? She's like, I don't know. Is that like an uncle or something? And I'll be like, I'll ask her what she thinks an uncle is, you know? And so I know those hard questions are coming. I know they are. And I'm doing my best to prepare myself for them. I go to therapy. My husband and I go to therapy. And you know, when I feel that maybe there's something she's asking me that I can't navigate, I will take her also. You know? Okay. You've got um, to stop because that was going to be my next question. <laughs> well, actually, it was going to be my next comment. And I was going to say, well, I'm not concerned because I can tell that by y'all having stepson in therapy, that you believe in therapy and that if your oh, daughter absolutely. ever started showing signs of she needed somebody to talk to about her dad not being in the picture, then you would take her to therapy. Oh, for sure. I absolutely would. And I'm a huge believer in therapy. It's helped me personally. It's helped my husband and I, I think it has helped uh, my stepson also, but yeah. So whenever that time comes for her, she'll be going also, you know, Mm -hmm. I I think, I think that it's a great tool. And the therapist that I see, uh, she, I, I, to me, I, I love how she is because she is very, like uh, she, she forces you to analyze behaviors and figure out how to change things. I, I would not be comfortable with a therapist who just threw pills at everything, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I'm not about that. I, I don't like that. And she's very like, well, let's figure out why you acted this way or what is causing you to act this way. And so I, I when that time comes, I feel that I, I know what to do and hopefully that will be helpful for her. So Right. It's awesome that she's in all that stuff and the competitive gymnastics. Oh, yes. she. It's so good for her. So good for her discipline. So good for her confidence. And and I just think that it's really, really just... She is very lucky that she found her knack early because she's very talented. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see what she does with it. And, and I'm her biggest fan, of course. So, Oh, of course. Do you and your husband parent all the kids? So we definitely had some struggles with that when we moved in together and after we got married. I would say that our parenting skills are not, they're not the same, but they're complementary. He is a little bit more relaxed than me on certain things, but then 
on other things that maybe I was more relaxed on, he was more strict. Like I, as I mentioned before, especially with the number of kids we have, I work full time. He works full time. Our kids are in different extracurriculars. Schedules are vital. They're like non-negotiable to me. And mm-hmm. especially because we have two babies, you know? Right. And so, I mean, I'm really big on let's do what we don't want to do first and then we can do what we want to do, you know? So I always push that on the bigger kids as soon as they get home, start your homework, get your clothes ready for the next day, yada, yada. And my husband at first was a little bit opposed to that. He was kind of like, he didn't see quite what I was trying to say. And his son was a little on the messy side, a little bit just not on a very good schedule, had sleep issues, kind of, he was a little bit more what I'd consider like free range and, and that's fine. Right. But, and so when I would kind of tell him like, well, maybe you should try this, like in the beginning, like he didn't like it. And especially because he was the only parent for so long, I felt like he was extra like set in his ways. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I was coming from a good place. Like I wasn't coming from a place of like, I want you to do what I want. I was just, especially because his mother was not there. I was kind of just trying to be a mother, you know? So we kind of had to take a step back and I took a step back and was like, you know what? I'm going to get involved when asked. Um, I have enough going on with, you know, my two young ones and and my daughter. I'm not going to get involved unless I'm asked, you know, because I don't want problems. And so that kind of has seemed to work well. And he's actually come to me more lately and been like, hey, like, I need your help. I don't know what to do with this. And and I'm, I'll tell him, well, what I would do, and I, you know, I'll tell him, like, this is what I would do. And mm-hmm. so I've seen him doing that more. And it's actually been a little surprising because I, he's very stubborn as, I'm, as am I. <laughs> so I wasn't <laughs> expecting that so quickly. But I, I think now that we've lived together long enough, been together long enough, that he sees the why in my and why I want the routine the way it is, because I have to have a couple hours at night to just unwind or I'm yeah. going to go crazy. And so that's what it is, you know, and, and he, he totally gets it now. And his son had had some behavioral issues in like the last six months that he's really been trying to nip in the bud and he's been taking him to therapy and really trying to, the biggest thing that I feel with the older kids is clear expectations and clear consequences. Like I'll tell my daughter, okay, you have to do this by this time. If you don't, this is going to happen. And that's it. There's no yelling. There's no screaming. There's no, no, it's just very simple. Right. You have to do this or this is going to happen. And so my daughter's figured that out. You know, she, she's very good about that. My stepson is starting to figure that out. He's starting to understand. And my husband has been a lot better at implementation because unfortunately with everything that happened with his ex-wife my husband parented a lot from a place of guilt guilty parent syndrome yep yep and i did not i was a lot more well i i just didn't uh we have different personalities in that way i was a lot more nope you're fine we're gonna do this and and honestly i feel that nowadays especially like strength and resilience in kids is so important because once they get to a certain age, I mean, our therapist told us very bluntly, you only have a couple more years to influence them. And then they're going to be influenced by other things. Yes. She's like, it is very important that you do it now. And she told my husband that very straight, you know, like, no, because he kept feeling like, well, they're still little, they're still little. And 
Yes, they are still little. They still live with us. We still, but they are getting to the age where they're getting bigger. And you, I am all about age appropriate responsibility, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to have my daughter clean my whole house. That's ridiculous. You know, that that's too much, but she can make her bed. She can help round up the trash. She can take her close to the laundry room. She can do those things, right? Right. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's, uh, that's just how I feel. And at first he really fought me on that. He did not agree with me, but once other people started telling him, I feel like that's when he started listening more. So. Yeah. They always got to hear it from somebody else. Right. And Lori, I'm not trying to say that I know everything. I don't, I, I, I definitely don't. I mean, this whole situation is a learning experience for me too. I'm just trying to figure out the best way to raise my kids. So not only are they happy and healthy, but they are self-sufficient. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think that's so important. You know, I, I see so many kids nowadays graduating high school and just moving okay. into the basement and that is not going to happen here. I can tell you that I have no problem. I will have no problem with one of my kids living with us while they're working or in school. That is not a problem. Right. You will do something. You will do something. I, I feel like that's an important thing to teach even now. Like I'm not your, I tell my kids this not as much lately, but more in the past. I'm not your maid. I'm not your nanny. I have a job. I have babies to care for. You're not a baby. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I, I'm really big on that. And 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 for the most part, I, I feel like it's well received now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know, unfortunately, a lot of the problems with kids graduating and moving into the basement is because they can't afford to live on minimum wage. Oh, absolutely. You're totally right. It's crazy. The cost of housing and things that have gone up. When I graduated high school, you could easily own, I mean, I made more than minimum wage, but you could easily get an apartment for like 400 bucks. Right. Four or five, 600 bucks. Yeah. Totally yeah. agree. And now, I mean, where I live, a one bedroom apartment in a nice area is probably $1,200. Exactly. You know? Exactly. <laughs> so that's not helping our kids any either. Right. Not at all. And I hope that my son will take advantage of being able to stay here and go to school. Right. Absolutely. And like I said, that is not a problem with me. I am all for that, but I will not have a a basement dweller. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not going to happen. Like you're not going to sit in my basement and do nothing and have me feed you and do your laundry. Like, no, absolutely not. That will not happen. Yeah. Um, You're not going to mooch off me people. Right. That's not my job. Like, and, and that's the thing that, you know, my I, my husband and I heard from both of our therapists was like, look, yes, you can be your kid's friend. You can love them. You can support them. But your main job is their parents. You right. are their parent. And you have to remember that in certain moments where, especially when both of our kids are m- missing a biological parent. Right. right. So right. we tend to have a soft spot for them, which is great. And I love my daughter, but I'm not going to do her a disservice by parenting in a way that's not best for her. You know, right. Now, I admit, and I've said it before, and I'll continue to say it, I have guilty parent syndrome. And a lot of it is probably because Jackson's dad and I were split up and he's never had the nuclear family, all that crap. Right, right. But but more of it is because of the relationship I had with my mom. I wanted him to, or I want him to have a better relationship with me than I ever had with my mom. So... That's where a lot of mine comes into. My mom was so strict. I mean, ridiculously strict. Like, 
1940s strict. So we never got along. I don't ever remember her asking me how I felt about things. I'm not trying to play victim, but it was. No, of course. As a child. Yeah, I was the middle child. My sister had Mm -hmm. a sister five years older, five years younger. And no wonder my mama was crazy and didn't really show me a lot of attention because she was busy as you know what, just trying Mm -hmm. to take care of kids and keep the house clean. But I just want something different for my son. I want something different for our relationship. I I try to do everything with a balance, right? Mm -hmm. So I have high expectations of my kids, but my daughter also does a lot of things. She has a couple of little girlfriends that I know their families very well and their mom is a dear friend of mine. She goes and spends the night there. You know, she, she does a lot of things too. So I try to balance my high expectations with also my high love and my high, I don't know what the word is, but I I do. I think it's important to have really, really high standards and I'm not not saying just to have all A's, a hundred, no, but just effort, you know, make the effort, do the, do what you're supposed to do. But I also do let her uh, have a social life. She goes to birthday parties, you know, she, she goes and stays with her grandma and her grandma spoils her, you know, and uh, so I, I think that she feels pretty, you know, like she gets to do a lot of things. Do you have yeah. the same expectations for your stepson as you do your bio daughter? Well, I try to, but I, like I said, I've kind of had to take a step back in certain regards, but I do see that my husband tries to mirror me in certain things, mm-hmm. you know, because his son is older. So it would only make sense that if, my daughter who's younger is doing certain things. Why wouldn't he? Right. Right. And sometimes his mom comes and stays with us for long periods of time. And she actually pointed out to him certain things like, why isn't he doing this? He should be doing this, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that helped me also. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny when my stepkids were 13, 14, I would say, tell David, they need to make their own breakfast. They're teenagers. Why are you making Mm -hmm. their breakfast? When Jackson turned the same age, I'm like, what you want for breakfast, darling? <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's different. I I have, a, I do experience that too, but I will tell you, I have a two-year-old son and he is just a force to be reckoned with. We have a funny nickname for him because he is just like an old man. Like he likes to sit in his chair with his milk and watch his show and he doesn't want to be talked to or bothered. Like Does he put his hand in his diaper? or he'll just go and bang his head up against the wall. It's like people start coming and talking to him. And he's just like, ah. like he just cracks me up. And he is in a little like school two days a week at our church, just because I wanted him to get on socialize more. Cause you know, he's only been here with me right? and he's doing, he's actually doing really well. He's adjusted very well. But I tell my husband, I'm like, you just watch as he gets older. I'm going to be on him, on him. Mm-hmm. Like, but the only difference with him is he's one of those, like, he's very, like, mean. He's a perfectionist. Like, he lines things up, and he wants them to be, like, exactly lined up. And so, you know, it's it's personalities, too, you know. Yes. But I, I do want the same thing, even for my babies, you know. I, yeah. I think it's important, you know. But it's just that they're just in different stages right now. So I can't, I can't come at him and tell him, go clean your room, you know, because he's two, you know. Right. So. Well, I know. A lot of times we see when an hours kid comes in the picture, the other bio parents, so your husband may be stricter and have higher expectations for for sure. Definitely. Even at this age. 
Mm-hmm. I know. I just noticed him noticing certain things that I am surprised that he noticed. You know, like oh, he shouldn't be doing that. And I'm like, I'll look at him like he's two. <laughs> yeah, <You know? laughs> he's not twelve, honey. He's right. Or he's not exactly. nine. Yeah, right. But yeah. that just goes to show you the difference and how he would parent his first child if y'all were a nuclear family. Oh, I totally agree. I totally, absolutely agree. And I think I listened to one of your podcasts before and someone had said that they didn't like that and you had pointed out, but that's what's best for them. You should be happy about that. And I was like, she's totally right. Yeah. You you don't want them parenting from a different place, you know? Right. You fuss about they're not parenting their first bio kid. They're not making them have responsibilities. They're not, you know, whatever. And then when they're that way with the hours kids, you're like, well, wait a minute. Right. It's like, no, wait a minute. Back up because that's how you want them to raise your kid, your hours kid. You just are mad because they're not doing the same thing with the step kid. Right. Yep. No, I totally agree. And it's, it's sometimes at first it used to kind of bother me more, but now I'm like, no, that's, it's better. You know, it's good. Well, and there's uh, such an age gap between. Right. Of course. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's almost like we have two different sets of kids because we have the older ones and the, and the babies. So. Yes. I read uh, the book about birth order and it's funny because I really got into it in the beginning where if there's a certain number of year gap between one child and the next child. So I think it's five years. Mm-hmm. So if there's a five-year gap between, say, your oldest and the next child, that next child will have middle child syndrome type things as well as the older child. Older, yeah. I think that's absolutely true. So the more I read this book, I realized that that book's a waste of my time to read because there's so many things that can switch people around, whether you're a boy or a girl, whether you're the oldest or the middle and there's a five-year gap, whether it's a blended family, there's just so many dynamics that a baby can actually, if it's the first girl and there's a five-year gap, she will have the older child syndrome. Oh, absolutely. I totally agree. I'm like, that's what's causing split personalities right there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. It is a good book, but I just, I got really into it. And then I was like, wait a minute, there's no black and white with this. You know what is another good book about personality traits that I'm just, it's been a wealth of knowledge for me. It's called Attached and it talks about attachment styles. And that book is, I mean, you will truly benefit a lot from that book if you've never read it. And it's, it's called, called Attached? Attached. Yes. I can't think of the author's name, but there's a big magnet on the front of it, like two magnets coming to each other. Like a heart? Yes. Okay. I found it. It is by. Amir Levine? Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. It is in the cart. That's a great book. Seriously. Great book. Not just for your kids, but for you too. Like to figure yourself out and probably your husband too. Yeah. That's like David and I have different love languages. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's another good one. I've read that one too. And it's hard because mine's acts of service and his is physical yes. touch. Yep. Same here. So I have to remind myself, go give David a hug. Mm -hmm. Yep. (laughs) Yep. No, it's the same here. Mine is definitely acts of service and and it's the same with my husband, physical touch. And it it can cause complications. (laughs) No, it definitely can. 
Definitely. Like I, I haven't gotten a hug today. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, do the dishes. Might get you a hug. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. So, what would you say has been the hardest part of your blending? I think the hardest part of our blend has just been trying to manage each other's expectations as far as of each other, of each other's kids, you know, just trying to get on the same page because I, I tell them all the time. I mean, it would be so much harder if we were having to navigate our exes and their situations too. I mean, I just think it would be way harder and we are lucky in that sense because we can really be a family. Uh, We're all here all the time and you know, there's, it makes it easier for sure. But I think we've just had to really learn how to be considerate and, you know, kind of stay stay in our own lanes in moments, but then also in some moments, like, no, like I want your help. I want your involvement, you know, and just kind of knowing how to, is this a time when you want my help or you want me to stay out, you know? And so I, I do my best to, to work that. And then what's funny is with our own kids, we don't have those issues. (laughs) <laughs> like at all. <laughs> yeah. And you don't so, have to worry about, oh, how are we going to do Christmas with the right. hours kids, with your kid right. here, his kid there. Right. Yeah. There's, like you say, there's a lot of benefits to y'all not having the exes to deal with. But the other side of that is your daughter may grow up and have some issues that yeah, your really. husband is not her dad right. and she's missing something, like you said. Right. Or a lot of times we see where like your stepson could look at you and you're a reminder that his mom's not there. Absolutely. And I have said that before. I see that. uh, Definitely. I definitely see that. And I think that is something that happens for sure. Does he ever talk about his mom? Mm, Very rarely. And not to me, just to my husband. Yeah. Poor thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, luckily he's got you and you obviously care a lot about him. I do. Yeah. And, and and I definitely try my best to fill that role. I really do. But unfortunately too, and I tell my husband this, my, my time is right now it's hard with, you know, I'm still nursing my youngest one and I work full time and uh, you know, it's unfortunately with little kids, it's just very demanding still. So. Oh yeah, definitely. So what would you say the best advice you've ever been given is? The best advice I've ever been given with this kind of situation is really uh, you just have to over communicate in certain instances and really just, even if it's not the way that you do it, it's okay. It's Mm -hmm. not a big deal. Pick your battles. Truly. Um, it's not the end of the world, you know? Um, and when things get to a certain point that maybe they, they are bad or it's a situation, then you can say something, you know, but Mm -hmm. other than that, you know, really just, just pick your battles because it is hard to, to navigate someone else's feelings that you care about. Right. Because I tend to be on the, on the blunter side. So I I've been having to work on that. But I've also told my husband that, I mean, I have friends who are in a nuclear family situation that have some of these same kind of issues. Oh, yeah. So it's not just blended. I tell him that all the time, you know. Yeah, it's not so. just blended. The only 
Well, what happens is when it is the same thing that's happening in a nuclear family, that's happening in a blended family, in a nuclear family, the kids can't say, well, I'm going to go live with mom. Right, right. Or I'm going to go live with dad. Or the parents can't say, I'm going to go make you live with the other parent if you don't straighten up. Yep. Yep. And a lot of times we have to realize that it is just normal struggles, even roommate type situations. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, totally. I totally agree. But once Um, you throw that blended stuff in there, it's just, it's hard and people feel like the world will be better if they just gave up. But then they get in another relationship and have the same problems. They need to work on the ones that they have. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I love my husband to death. He's a wonderful man. He's a wonderful father. And I do think that we have a really good marriage. And and we are very, as much as our styles might differ a little bit, we are both the kind of parent that we want what's best for our kids. And we definitely, you know, we have our priorities in order. And I, I think that just with time has helped and getting to know each other better and, and just being, being a little bit more gracious in certain things, because unfortunately for both of us, we lived alone a while before we met and that is good in some ways, but it can be bad too because you get used to doing things a certain way and you feel like someone's telling you that you're doing something wrong when it's, it's not that it's just, it's just different. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know the first time that um, David and I, when we were dating and he left his toothbrush at my house, I'm like, oh, no, no, <laughs> you are not leaving your stuff at my house. It has to go. Either you go yep. buy you another toothbrush or I'm mailing this one to you, but it's, it's gone. <laughs> and he was like, what? I'm like, no, I'm not doing that because you do get set in your ways. And I, it, I enjoyed being alone. Oh, me too. Oh, and I know my husband did too. Absolutely. I really did. I did not think I would marry again. I'm being very honest with you. I did not. I was like, you know what? Especially after the kind of betrayal I went through with my ex-husband, I was just like, you know, I'm good. Like, I'm happy with my daughter and Mm -hmm. my family lives where I live and I I, I have good friends. And I was just like, I'm good. I don't want any of this nonsense out there nowadays, you know? And, but when I met my husband, it just, I don't know. It just seemed really faded, you know, it, that's how yeah. it felt to me. And S- same here mm-hmm. after everything so. I went through with the ex, I'm like, Mm-mm, no, I'd rather be by myself and take care of yep. my baby. But I did yep. have a friend that she had done that. She had raised her daughter and not really gotten in any serious relationships. And one thing she told me actually, after she found out she had cancer and she was going to die. So it's kind of like oh, a wow. deathbed thing. She said, don't do what I did. Your son needs to see a happy, healthy relationship. Yeah, she's absolutely right. And I actually remember probably about a month before I met my husband, um, I was at dinner with my parents and I've always been very close with my dad. And he, we were talking and he was like, so are you dating? And I was like, yeah, you know, dating. And then he looks at me and he was like, I know that you're very good at doing things. I know that you're very self-sufficient. I know that you're very independent and your daughter is very happy, but just because you can do it alone doesn't mean you should. He told me that just like that. Yeah. He was like, be, be open-minded. He's like, I'm not saying go marry the first person you meet, but be open-minded. And I was like, okay. You know? Yeah. And 
there we are, you know? So I, I, I don't think that, and I tell my husband this too, I don't, we're not meant to be alone. We're not, you know, we're meant to be with other people that we yeah, love. COVID yeah. told us that or showed us uh-huh. that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I know when I started dating again, after my son was born, I would find the slightest thing wrong with people. Oh yeah, definitely. And I realized I wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. because that's why I was saying, I don't like the way he holds his fork. <laughs> Crazy stuff. And I remember after David and I met, I called a friend of mine on the way home and I was like, girl, I'm in trouble. <laughs> and she that's said, funny. why? I said, there was nothing that I could pinpoint as to why I shouldn't hang out with him again. Yeah, that's how you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now yep. there's a lot I can I pinpoint a, now that I'm kidding. All right. Now that you know I'm better. Well, now yeah. I can tell you things. Yep. I had the same. It happened the same way for me, for sure. Well, thank you so much for being a guest and sharing your story with us. I know your situation is a little unique, but I know you're not the only one. No. And, and that's why I just want to say thank you for putting this content out there because it really is kind of a ray of I'm going to use, say, a ray of light in moments of, you know, very dark things. And I I feel like especially because most people who are divorced have been through something not fun, right? I have a lot of friends who have been divorced and it's amicable and it's good. But for those who went through things that they weren't expecting, when you do remarry and you don't want to go through that again, you know, you want it to be good, you want things to be easier, right? But I feel like sometimes things are harder before they're easier. And I think we just have to remember that Mm -hmm. and find ways to communicate with our partners and, you know, just raise our kids well. And and I think that's ultimately what everyone is trying to do, but they just have different ways of doing it. Yeah. Your podcast has been very helpful to me and I I enjoy listening to it every week and it, it makes me feel, it makes me feel less alone. In, in how I feel in moments and, and makes me feel that all these things are, I'm going to use air quotes here, normal. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's quote, quote, normal. We just weren't trained how to handle it. Right. Yeah. And I mean, why would you be right? Like right. who, who knows these things? I mean, these are all kind of, and I am a big reader. Um, so I, I'm always wanting to find books and read things that I feel are applicable and and see like if I can work on implementing them. And and I, I do for the most part and I try to anyway. And and like I said, I, I do think that all we we're all just trying to do our best. And I think especially when you are divorced and it's like a very big traumatic deal breaker, right? So then when you get remarried and it's not anything like that, right? It's not abuse, it's not cheating, it's not addiction Mm -hmm. issues right but it's just these little things and you're like i don't want to get divorced over this right i love my partner but how do i get past it right right so yep well you were doing a great job well i appreciate that and if you ever have any you know any kind of you need feedback or content or if you have any suggestions you know please share them i do check your website too so okay great that sounds good okay all right all right Lori. well i appreciate it Have a good one. You too. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing else, huh? Oh, and I almost forgot. I have two announcements. Okay. 
We have the Sylvia Krakauer Scholarship again. What? Yes, Sylvia has hooked us up with some donations for scholarships. Oh, man, I love it. Yes. We will give you details next week on how you can apply for one of these scholarships to the Nacho Kids (laughs) Academy. I got to wait for a week. Yeah. (sighs) Okay. I got to see what David wants to do. (laughs) Also, we are coming up on episode 200. Episode 200 will be me and David. Yes. We'll have a special guest. It'll be me. (laughs) Yes. I will interview David. There you go. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's what's going to happen. I can tell you all about the crazy stepmom. Okay, here you go. David, tell us a little bit about your blend. Um, let's see here. It's all good until you make stepmom mad. Good answer. <laughs> How long have you been blending? 130 years. All right, you got it. <laughs> all right, that's the intro to our next podcast, folks. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, for those of you who want to join the Academy, and but for whatever reason can't, join us next week. So you can learn more about applying for the scholarship and get on up in there for free. For free, folks. Yep. We'll give you more details next week. Three ninety nine. All right. So we'll see you next week. And remember, life is good. When you nacho. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids Podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.